Welcome to Our Calcutta. I'm Kelly Burt. And I'm Amanda Livermore. We are two cradle Catholics who had major reversions to our faith in our adult lives. After encountering Christ in this real way, we began searching for ways to best serve and love Him. We soon discovered that our world around us, where our Father has placed us, is where we are called to serve. These are our experiences, and we hope that by joining us in Our Calcutta, you'll discover a little bit more about yours. Hello, and welcome to episode four of Our Calcutta. Welcome to all of you that are here today listening with us. Hello, Amanda. Hello. We are so glad to be with you today. And before we go any further, let's begin our time together in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, we ask you to come be with us today as we talk about this wonderful subject of the communion of saints. Be with us, Lord, and help us show the beauty of all of the saints that we have around us. Please allow us to speak your words and bless all of those who are listening. We ask these things in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So, as I mentioned, today we are discussing having relationship with the saints. Mm-hmm. So Amanda and I wanted to talk about having real relationships with saints in heaven while we're here on earth. So many people, I think, have a great devotion to a certain saint. They have someone that maybe was their confirmation sponsor, or that maybe their parents taught them about, that they kind of keep with them and and maybe even have a medal around the neck or in the car. I remember I used to have that St. Christopher medal in the car when I was first driving. Thank goodness I had him with me. So I think there's just all of these as, you know, growing up as Catholics and in our Catholic faith, we have these saints, we have statues and all of these things around us. But we kind of wanted to unpack what it really meant to have a relationship with saints, what it really meant to have them involved in our everyday lives. So we wanted to do this during the month of October. Amanda, do you know why we wanted to do this during the month of October? (laughs) I have a couple of ideas. I think one, because there's so many amazing saints whose feast days are in October, which I won't spoil because I think you want to tell everyone. I'm so excited. She can see my my excitement. I love the month of October because it's like the saint powerhouses. And we start October 1st with St. Therese. So hello. And then move right into St. Francis of Assisi on the 4th. And then right after him on the 5th is St. Faustina. The 15th is St. Teresa of Avila. The 22nd is St. John Paul II. And so there's many, many more, but it just feels like every time you turn around in the month of October, it's another awesome feast day. How cool we end in November. So then November 1st is All Saints Day, right? So you have this awesome powerhouse of saints and all of a sudden you get to celebrate all the saints. It's almost like the uh, church knew what it was doing. Like, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> Before we go any further, I feel like we need to acknowledge St. Teresa of Calcutta as our patron yes. of this podcast. And of course we love her, but do you have a, another saint that you have a great devotion to? I do. And, you know, laughing as Kelly was talking, even in her prayer, the image that came to mind, you know, we have all of these kind of like St. Holy cards where they're standing there. And, you know, it's, I mean, typically a um, painting of them or something, but they're standing there all demure. And, you know, I feel like when you get to know them, you realize that they were never standing like that, probably like this painting of them. That's <laughs> like, now this holy card of them just standing still because they were people of, of action and prayer. And some of them have great senses of humor. Some of them were a little bit of troublemakers, you know? And so I really love that. And I have kind of a funny story about that. So I really love St. Therese of Lisieux. So that's, of course, the first one that Kelly mentioned. And she very much had this childlike faith. And she would talk about how 
she was going to spend her time in heaven raining flowers down on earth and very much just beautiful, faithful child and then young woman before she died. And so I'd always thought St. Therese, I'd read about her, I had her holy card, and I thought, I want to be like her. So we had an event here at the Chancery several years ago now for All Saints Day, and there was this idea, I don't know if they've done it since, um, I know but, where Amanda's going with this. <laughs> I don't know if they've done it since. But we were invited to all dress as our favorite saint. And so I dressed as St. Therese of Lisieux, and I had uh, a habit on, and that was representative kind of her habit. And I held uh, a bouquet of roses that I'd stopped and purchased and a crucifix. And so I walk in, and Bishop Noonan sees me, and he says, oh, which saint are you? And I said, oh, I'm St. Therese of Lisieux. And he laughed, and he said, you are not Therese of Lisieux. <laughs> he said, you are Teresa of Avila. Oh. <laughs> and then I looked up St. Teresa of Avila, and she was such a different kind of saint than Therese of Lisieux. Teresa of Avila was a such a a powerhouse in the church. She challenged people. She challenged uh, authority. She would speak up when she felt like things could be done better and in service of the people of the church. And she was not demure and was not <laughs> raining flowers down anywhere. And so at first I was a little offended because I thought I wanted to be more like <laughs> I wanted to be more like Teresa of Lisieux. But the more I learned about Teresa of Avila, the more I felt like that was quite a compliment from our bishop. And I actually started to really embrace, okay, this is what God created me like, someone who doesn't necessarily know her place all the time and says things when I feel them. And so I felt like that was a great compliment. So now I rely quite a bit on Teresa of Avila uh, as someone who's similar, a woman after my own heart. But also, I still look to Therese of Lisieux as someone who can teach me how to grow in the areas where maybe I need to grow. So more of that dependence on God and sometimes stopping to listen instead of always speaking. So, <laughs> Well, St. Teresa of Avila is a great doctor of the church yes, and a wonderful is. powerhouse. And I think Bishop was right in his assessment, <laughs> I think, but I think it's a wonderful compliment. So that's really funny that he said that. It's so beautiful when people kind of point those things out to us. I had a religious sister tell me one time that I was kind of like St. Teresa of Avila in that she used to say the way to be holy was to tie up all the crazy people that resided in her head. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know what that means, but okay. So I have a lot of favorite saints. I go back and forth and sometimes I'm thinking, I can't decide which one is my is my most favorite. I will say that I have a great devotion to St. Monica. I feel like St. Monica gives me such hope as a mother and as a wife. Every time I get discouraged in maybe leading my family, leading my kids to holiness, I remember that it's not my job to kind of muscle through them becoming holy. It's my job to pray for them to become holy. And so St. Monica gently reminds me that all the time. And so I really need her in my life. I ask for her intercession a lot. But I think there's been a few others who have popped up. So my kids think I'm kind of crazy, but I really believe that that the saints will present themselves to us and especially who our patrons can be. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that I kind of wanted to throw out there to our listeners. If you don't have a patron saint, um, start praying for one of the saints to, to kind of make their way into your heart. Pray to our Lord and our lady that maybe that will be revealed to you because it will. And then watch out. 
because you will get you the the saint will make themselves very clear and that's one thing that i think is so cool about the communion of saints is that they're not quiet in our lives once you start looking you'll see Mm -hmm. that they're everywhere and they're really trying to present themselves to us because they want to have relationship with us and so that's such a gift that the church has given us to have this relationship with not just you know the trinity the father the son the holy spirit then our beautiful lady of course but then all these saints that we have that we can look to and each one of them are so different, as Amanda mentioned. And so we can find a saint that's sort of like us in our area of life, one that inspires us, like Amanda was was suggesting about St. Therese of Lisieux. And so we can kind of look to their different qualities to be more like them and ultimately lead us in our path to holiness. So I would say that for me, I, I you know, St. Monica is one of my, my favorites, but I've been, we call it Saint Stalked. <laughs> this is a term that we're going to go into here in a minute, but I've been, I've been Saint Stalked by a couple of saints who have really presented themselves to us. And so Amanda and I were sharing before we began recording this episode about even just St. Teresa of Calcutta. How ne- Well, I don't know if I can speak for you. I didn't have this great devotion to her. She was a saint of our own lifetime. So I think sometimes we tend to romanticize the ones of older times, right, you know? And right. so St. Saint Teresa of Calcutta was, was somebody that I used to watch on the news and see on TV and that kind of thing. But I didn't have a great devotion to her. I would say that has changed through this podcast because she's really been present to us and really been supporting us in different in different ways. And so I'm so grateful to her for that. So different saints, different ones that have presented themselves as as my my patrons, as my kids. And so those really get me through and, and help me even in my my mothering. So Don't you think like different stages of life, though, too? Like, yes. I know in your own story, you've told me even about how St. John Paul II was such a big part of your life right at that time that you really had that reversion back into our faith. And I just I love that. I don't know if you want to talk a little about that, but how at different stages of our lives, they might put themselves be very active in our life for a period of time because we really need them and the charism they bring. Yeah, absolutely. And they'll just kind of walk with you in this different period of your life. And if you look around and so maybe let's unpack that term that we talked about, that saint stalking. So we kind of <laughs> use that as, you know, kind of in tongue tongue in cheek, obviously, just kind of joking about that. But they find these ways, the saints, to present themselves. And I'll, and I'll kind of tell you an example of what I mean by that. So aside from St. John Paul, who I love so much, and I have a great devotion to him. My mom has a great devotion to him, and I've always felt his presence very strongly with my oldest son. But St. Maximilian Colby really was doing some saint stalking with my youngest son, and it was right up to him receiving his first Holy Communion. And all of a sudden, you know, I was praying about who I could pray to for for intercession for for him. And as he was about to receive his first communion, we kept all these things kept happening. We we got a holy card in the mail out of the blue from <laughs> from Saint Maximilian Colby. Um, we kept seeing different quotes from him uh, everywhere we looked. And on his first communion, so this was probably three or four different things that had happened leading up to his first communion. So I was kind of joking with him, and I said to to him, you know, his little seven year old self, I said, Saint Maximilian Colby really is trying to make himself present to you. So we went to his first communion. We came back and had a little reception at our home. And we're sitting around having breakfast afterwards. And one of our friends, uh, Sister Christy, from the Servants of the Pierce Hearts, was there, happened to be there with us at that brunch. And we're all, I'm sitting around talking with her and the other sisters. And I mentioned that St. Maximilian Colby had been really 
after Sam had been after his heart, you know, trying to present himself as somebody that maybe could be a friend to Sam. And Sister Christie says, oh, well, I have a relic of him right here in my pocket. <laughs> Would you like it, Sam? She just pulls it out because, you know, only religious sisters <laughs> just carry around, around relics in their pockets. Um, so she pulls out this relic of St. Maximilian Kolbe and gives it to Sam. And I just knew at that moment, like, he, he really wanted wanted to be part of Sam's life and, and how generous that was of Sister Christie to share that with, with us. And so we still have that. And Sam really um, has that in a prominent place in our home. So just things like that, you know, you're looking for these little ways that they're presenting themselves. Have you ever, Amanda, had a situation of saint stalking? I have. (laughs) And uh, it's funny because I really need clear (laughs) signs. So I think sometimes the saints are very active in our lives because they're trying to get us to understand a particular message or something that they have for us to help us along our way of holiness. Uh, they want us in heaven with them, right? So they're they're trying to do their best. So the same way Kelly and I are trying to walk with each other on our path to holiness, so too the saints are always doing that with us. So St. Therese of Lisieux, actually, and several of my friends were parts of this story as well. So my friends from Lakeland in our young adult ministry from yesteryear will remember some of this too. But there was just a period of time where she was so active and like Kelly getting something in the mail. Sometimes we need it to be kind of that <laughs> obvious. Right. So went down to the convent to the servants of the pierced hearts. I had a friend who was in the process of discerning religious life at that time. So a group of us accompanied her to the convent and we stayed in one of their houses and in their houses. It's so beautiful because they all have different, they all have chapels in each home. And of course the blessed sacrament is there present in the chapel. And then also they have so, so many relics. So Sister Christy having one in her pocket is of no surprise to me because the saints are just surrounding that order and really involved there. So I was in prayer and I felt very much kind of this this presence. And then I would open my eyes and of course I wouldn't see anyone and I'd close my eyes again and I would sense this presence and I would open my eyes and not see anyone. And later, the friend of mine who was praying with uh, one of my friends who was there in the chapel, she said, in my prayer, I saw next to you a saint that had a cross, a crucifix and roses. And like, we were so early on in our whole journey that I was like, who is that? Let's Google. Like, let's Google Saint with cross and roses. (laughs) So we did Google and we found out that was Saint Therese of Lisieux. And then one of my other friends said, oh my gosh, that was her relic right next to you in the chapel. So I thought, okay, that's really kind of cool. Well, the next day we went to a young adult retreat down at the seminary and we were kneeling and in the pew, when it was time to sing the songs, we went to pull out the hymnal and instead it was a story of a soul, which is St. Therese's book right there in the place of where the hymnal is supposed to be. So I'm like, okay. And then ending up in St. Therese's small group for that retreat. And then it was like a year of this. I mean, I won't even tell you all the things, but clearly I am dense because whatever the message was, she was trying to <laughs> get me to understand I wasn't getting. So she just kept tapping me on the shoulder as Kelly mentioned the tapping earlier. So tapping, tapping. So finally, about a year later, you I was, dressed up as her. I dressed <laughs> Yeah, somewhere in that I dressed up as her. That clearly wasn't what she had wanted. So (laughs) she kept tapping. So finally, I go back down to the convent. They have this beautiful vigil of the two hearts. So it's the day there's um, the Feast of the Sacred Heart and the Feast of the Immaculate Heart are back to back. And the servants overnight do this incredible adoration all night long. And so I went for that. 
and I was in prayer and you're there all night and they have food and music outside and it's kind of like a party, but then you go back inside and you're there with the Lord in prayer. Have you ever gotten to go to that yet? No. The, okay. I we'll have to, we'll road trip I, so, when we're allowed yeah, to do well, that again. <laughs> yeah. When we're allowed to do that, I'm always, the sisters will laugh because I'm like, well, I like my sleep. I'm not sure. And they're like, oh, Kelly. <laughs> well, it is, it is a, it is a long night. And actually it's really cool because about two to 3 a.m. you get real delirious and you're kind of open to whatever, like all your walls have finally come down yeah, and you're just so wonderful. tired. The prayer gets so, so good. And so I went up to the altar and I was in prayer and I had my hands open and I felt like, and I'd been kind of praying. I don't know if in your prayer you've ever had like where you're just not feeling God. And for a while I had just not been feeling God. And so I said, I just want to feel your love for me again. And so I had this image of him handing me roses and it's like, oh, you know, this is so beautiful. And then St. Therese swoops in and she places the crucifix on top of the roses. And she says in my heart, very clearly in my prayer, I understood that with love comes great suffering and you can't have one without the other. Mm. And that was the message that she finally at, you know, 2 a.m. at an overnight um, Seneca was able to get into my heart. And I understood it. It had been a time of suffering um, in our own lives in various ways. And so then I was able to understand that suffering as such a true expression of great love and a place to unite with Jesus um, in a really deep and beautiful way. And after I got that, do you know, she hasn't saying, I never heard I from her again. That. Yeah, I was, was going to ask that. So, so, so she just kind of was tapping you for all of that time. And then once mm -hmm. she got her message, right. that's beautiful because I think that's what's so important about this is that that's what they're doing is they're all trying to lead us closer to Christ. And so these, it just like a good friend here on earth would lead you closer to Christ. A good spouse would lead you closer to Christ. These, this communion of saints is trying to do the same. And so it's so reassuring to me to know that we have all of these people who are, are helping us get a little bit closer. And so I think, as I mentioned before, this is just such a gift that the church gives us. It's so unique to our, our Catholic faith. And I think just to embrace it is to just fully embrace one of the, the greatest gifts from the church. And so we encourage you all, like I mentioned earlier, pray and be aware, have your eyes open because you will see, you know, it can be whether it's on a Facebook post or, um, or a card in the mail or whatever it is that you'll see these saints that start to present themselves to you. And then it's just taking that to prayer and asking the Lord, what is it that you're trying to show me? We have so many that somebody is likely to be similar to your place in life or have had struggles that you have. We very much look to them through this time of COVID. I have, I know Amanda and I have talked about this because in different times, you know, we discussed in, in episode two of the podcast being frustrated with not being able to go to mass and receive communion. But then we were reminded of the saints and the things that they had to go through in the past and the struggles that they made in order to attend mass. And so it just sort of gives us this, I don't know, this goal to look to and, and these examples that are really heroic. And they were heroic in their in their love, uh, their love for, for neighbor and for God. And so we can look to them and, and they will really show us the way. Mm -hmm. So with that, I wanted to recommend to you, so one book that I always recommend. So everyone is going to say, Kelly, stop recommending this to, to me. But I already just, know the book you're going to say. I know. <laughs> it's My Sisters, the Saints. I love that book. If you're just starting to to really scratch the surface on relationship with saints, read that book. It has one woman's account of just her different encounters with all of these different female saints and how she learned to really involve them in her life. It's a beautiful reflection on that. And I think you'll find some, some commonality there. And also, you know, we mentioned all of these saints 
Reads that are in the month of October, and each one of them have amazing books. I don't know about Francis of Assisi if he has a book. If so, I haven't read it. But St. Therese, as Amanda mentioned, has Story of a Soul, and Faustina has her diary. St. Teresa of Avila has, what is her book? She has a biography. It's called uh, Interior Castle. Interior Castle, yeah. And St. John yeah. Paul has endless works. So if if you're up to the task <laughs> of saint reading, go for it. I and think- I love St. Faustina's diary. There's actually an app if you download the Divine Mercy app. You can get her diary. And what I love about the app is that it divides up the quotes from her diary based on topics. Like if you're going through some suffering, you can just look up the quotes about suffering. It's not to say you wouldn't want to read her diary start to finish. But for me, it's been very helpful to be able to go right to kind of the topic at hand that of, of what I'm dealing with. So, yes, I'm the nerd that has the app of St. Faustina's diary. <laughs> Do you get notifications? Do they like pop up? Oh, no, she doesn't update. <laughs> she doesn't update. St. <laughs> Faustina has updated. Right. The that would app. be amazing. Though. I love that. I love the idea of that app. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna get that actually it's because really good. that's nice. And as Amanda mentioned, Saint Faustina's diary is is lengthy, so it's hel- it's helpful. Do you have any? book recommendations for? Well, I'll just give us a plug of Bishop Moore. We did some really beautiful, when we were all at home, we did some really beautiful videos. Uh, Our campus ministry team just uh, knocked them out of the park. And there's a whole series on the saints. So I encourage you to go to our Bishop Moore Catholic YouTube page and check those out because Kelly and I actually listened back to some of that content before in preparation for today. And we were like, man, this is good stuff. So, and not just the stuff we were saying, I mean, our team, our campus ministry team at Bishop Moore is so amazing. So definitely check those out. And then there's a book, she's not a saint yet, but I know she will be. So I'm going to go ahead and recommend it. Chiara Petriolo, which again, we also had a video about her, but read that book. It's a book about the story of her life. And I'm going to tell you as a, as a woman who has suffered the loss of a baby, this book really spoke to my own heart. And I would just encourage all of you to read it and see how she is just a simple woman of our time, a young adult woman found a path to holiness in the way that she was responding in those times of suffering and struggle. So definitely read her, but maybe with some tissues, because I'm going to tell you right now that one, that one got me. Yeah, that one is, is a tearjerker, but in the best way. That is a great recommendation. And we will put all of these on our Instagram page, all of these books with links to them so you can find them easily. Let us just ask for all of the saints in heaven, those who are canonized and those who we don't know their names to pray for us this day, pray for us as we go forward. And of course, as always, Saint Mother Teresa of Calcutta, pray Pray for for us. us.